From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate and your cabin in the woods. And hello to all of you checking us out on one of our fine affiliate stations across North America, the Conspiracy Show app, free download. You can listen anywhere in the world. It's that easy. The YouTube channel, of course, take a moment and please hit the red sub button. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. And if you like The Conspiracy Show, I ask you to check out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, and it drops three days a week. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Conspiracy Unlimited. Just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com to listen and subscribe. And don't forget my other podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. If you love rock and roll and you love the paranormal, true crime, uh, mysterious deaths, strange synchronicities involving some of your favorite rock icons, you're going to enjoy the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, heard exclusively on the Jericho Network. That's Chris Jericho from WWE Fam, fame. And uh, it's available at Apple Podcasts and Google Play. New episodes of the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone drop Wednesdays at midnight, 12 a.m. Eastern. Enjoy. Joe Horn is co-author of Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, and he's talking about leaky gut syndrome, what contributes to it, what causes it, and all of the, the fallout from leaky gut syndrome. I mean, all of these autoimmune diseases that were virtually unknown 50, 60 years ago, arthritis, diabetes, lupus, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, Crohn's disease, dementia, Parkinson's, all caused by leaky gut syndrome, according to Joe's research and that of his co-author, investigative journalist Ali Anderson. And we were also talking about uh, what is contributing or causing this leaky gut syndrome, and that is uh, the, the preservatives in our food, uh, the excitotoxins in our food that cross the brain-blood barrier, the blood-brain barrier, and also hormones, pesticides, all of these things. So the question is, how do we eat clean? How do we treat our gut? How do we heal our body through food? So, Joe, let's begin that discussion. First of all, when you go to places like Google, and honestly, I have OCD. Sometimes if I'm not careful, I'll get to talking so fast, my head will move faster than my lips can keep up with. Uh, well, the same is true with research. I can become very overwhelmed. If I open a web browser and I want simple, simple spoon-fed information, my eyes will start to dart around the page and I'll catch nine different articles and my brain goes in every which way. And pretty soon there's this, and this is what a lot of folks do, there's this mountain of almost insufferable evidence or what they perceive to be evidence, making all cases in a big circular dispute kind of thing. Cognitive dissonance, yes. They don't know what's real. Well, this guy says it's fake. This guy says you don't have to worry about it. This guy says this causes cancer, but this group says it's not real. And so where do you where do you find where reality is? Well, I can tell you that the Time Bomb Project has several holistic healthcare professionals. These are people that have ran multi-decade 
uh, clinics where you go every day of the week and you see a, a conveyor belt of people coming out that are that are championing various victory laps over things that they've defeated through natural medicine. These people are very good. Um, one of the people that advises me is a, a, a licensed nutritionist. In fact, I, you've, you've heard of Steve Quayle, I'm sure. Oh, yes, yes. Terrific it's guest. It's possible you've interviewed him, but I his have. wife, Loretta, is one of the smartest people and, and greatest resources I've ever known in terms of natural healing. I mean, she is smart like a laser beam. Uh, Dr. Ralph Umbriaco, he also contributed to Time Bomb. And Dr. Matthew Sams in Branson, Missouri, he also contributed. Uh, these are guys that contributed both to the, to the research and the information that's present, but also contributed chapters as well. They actually wrote chapters on how to find the right uh, there, there's a phrase out there called CAM, C-A-M, and it stands for Care and Alternative Medicine. And basically that embodies everything outside of traditional Western care. So, you know, herbalists, naturopath, homeopathic, chiropractor, you know, acupuncture, the, the whole gambit of, uh, of doctors that don't necessarily practice traditional Americanized, uh, institutionalized medicine. And so finally that brings me to my co-author, Certified Private uh, Investigator. She is uh, like a laser when it comes to fact check. So I have some great resources. You know, my father owns a publishing house. We have a whole team of people. Uh, when in doubt, I go to my panel and I say, I need the bottom line on this. I need to know what is real and what can be fact checked and validated. So there's that part of it. But there's also the evidence that speaks for itself. I'm sitting here tonight with high energy after feeling like I was dying for the last six, seven years before I finally met with Dr. Joshua and then spent, uh, you know, the last year and a half, uh, walking out of my nightmare. And I can sit here today and tell you that I, that I almost never have, and I mean 99.8% of the time never have any of the prostodynia symptoms. The prostatitis is completely gone. Uh, I don't have the digestive issues. I, I, I'm just a normal guy, man. I'm sitting here without pain. Uh, I'm sitting here on a, on a wonderful uh, supplement regimen that I know is healthy for my body. I sleep well at night. I don't have the adrenal burnout. I, I chase my kids. I mean, I'm not making this up. The quality of my life, I, I live at about probably 90% now of what I would have described being when I was you know, 15 and just filled with zeal before the issues kicked in and I right. was just a normal right. person. So how did I do that? I, I met with the right folks that could put me on things, and I want to throw a few phrases out there. I want to be very useful in this broadcast. Even if somebody doesn't buy the Time Bomb book, I still want them to go back to this little soundbite and look online for things like the GAPS diet. That's G-A-P-S. Gastro and psychological. That's what that stands for. Uh -huh. You fix your gut, you fix your hormone issues, the head will follow. GAPS. That is very GAPS clean diet. diet. Yes. Okay. GAPS, G-A-P-S. I also want them to look at paleo diet. Paleo diet. That's right. Eat like a caveman. Eat like a caveman. <laughs> yes. Paleo diet is also wonderful for the gut. But then finally, I want to tell you, there are a lot of gimmick diets out there that are going to be tomorrow's flash in the pan. Maybe for a year, folks will talk about it. They'll lose some weight initially, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, here's the problem with all diets, including GAPS and paleo, all diets. If the ingredients that you use are from the local grocery store and they are the vegetables, etc., that we've been talking about all night, you're going to continue to experience your health woes. They're going to continue to get worse. You cannot outpace via diet 
quality ingredients. And I'll give you a perfect example. Getting back to the ingredients, one of the worst things, Richard, please hear me on this. You probably know, but maybe your listeners don't. One of the worst ingredients you can put in your body is in almost every kind of meat that's purchased in this country, barring uh, chicken and beef. They don't preserve those with this, but but everything else, ham, turkey, all the lunch meats, hot dogs, bologna, Bacon. almost every kind of sandwich. When you go through the big sandwich shops and you have custom yeah, bacon, 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 almost every kind of bacon, big Sodium bacon. nitrate. You knew that I was going to say sodium nitrates. <laughs> sodium, <laughs> sodium nitrite, sodium nitrate. These, these combine with stomach acid to produce, uh, um, all kinds of issues, man. Uh, an element, uh, leading to cancers called nitrosamines. This stuff is linked to pancreas, colon, rectum, stomach, brain, esophagus, bladder, and oral cancers. And these these are very fast moving to damage the immune system and to compromise the gut. These are these are classic for creating leaky gut, compromised immune, which then brings about the overactive immune, which then brings uh, about your body uh, attacking its own tissue. We didn't really get into the, the minutiae of that. We can if you'd like, but um, I kind of I kind of gave the gist of leaky gut and then we rushed right. past it. But but generally the the immune system becomes overactive and it begins to attack its own self by building familiarity, food sensitivities through the things that it believes now are the foreign invaders creating the damage. This can be foods that you eat all the time that you don't technically have an allergy to, but your body has now began to recognize as part of a foreign invader because it comes in with all these pesticides and stuff. Is this making sense? Absolutely, 100%. Is it possible to buy any meat at a local grocery store that is healthy? If you're going to buy meat at a local grocery store, you're almost guaranteed to get something with a growth hormone or something that's been compromised at a manufacturing level or... Uh, what, what the cow, the cow or the calf, whatever was eating, not native to what it should have been. In other words, cows not eating grass, which is what they should be eating, grass fed cattle, uh, being fed things like genetically modified corn instead because it's cheaper and there's tons of it. And the, and the, and of course, then you get into ingredients like zane. And all of the problems with the the uh, genetically uh, modified organisms and the side effects that that we already know these create in animals. So where do you buy I, your meat, Joe? Where do you buy your meat? So so okay, we've gone on and on and on about how terrible it is. If you're listening to this broadcast and you're thinking, if I don't get some hope, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go <laughs> mad. I personally, I live in the Midwest, so we are very fortunate in that it's very easy to get. Locally raised eggs, locally raised meats. Um, we have a, a whole slew of natural markets. And I tell you this, it's very promising now to see that I'm not the only one that's waking up to this. A lot of folks out there, before I arrived on the scene, by the way, there were pushes now, movements now, people uh, really gaining traction in the areas of holistic, naturally grown food, vegetables, things like this. And so you are seeing uh, markets. I'll name a couple. This is not a blanket endorsement, and this is not to suggest that every product they carry is safe for you because it's not. But it's cool to see trends like uh, the Lucky's Chain Store or Mama Jeans, you know, uh, chains like this opening up. And, again, I find bad ingredients in these places. What I love about them is that they're there because people in communities are now really pushing for cleaner food. So we're at the beginning precipice, Richard, I believe, of an era – of personal responsibility that is going to totally revolutionize. For those that have ears to, to hear and eyes to, to, to see what's happening, uh, people, the age of personal responsibility, uh, a revival of natural and holistic medicine 
and I hope and pray a wave of people finding freedom from the things that afflict them and getting off the medications and stuff that they're on. Um, so I buy my meats. Uh, I get local meats. We got a lot of local farmers out here, butcher shops. Um, there's some natural markets where they do also include. I'll give you one example. In Springfield, Missouri, we have a shop called Mama Jeans. Yes. And they do have, they, they, you know, they've got some hot dogs that are, that are quote kosher and they're advertised as being, or, you know, not organic, but, um, farm raised, grass fed, no colors or dyes, which is kind of a tricky way of making you think it's got to be healthy, but they don't mention on the front of the package, no artificial preservatives. You flip it over and you got sodium nitrates. Uh-huh. So you got to be, you got to be careful. But here's the point. They, they do carry local meats and, and every Tuesday and Friday or what, whatever day we've been in there many times, there's a guy down there. He's a local guy and you can usually tell because the packaging looks homemade and, and, uh, all of it's FDA compliant, but they're also organically uh, certified independently. It's like a job interview. Interview your butcher or your grocer and find out whether they're going to tick all of these boxes in terms of eating clean. We'll take a time out. Joe Horn will be with us. We'll do another segment on this, and then we'll, we'll talk about Dead Pets Don't Lie. Joe Horn is the author of Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Thank you for joining us. Please stick around. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Joe Horn, co-author of Time Bomb, A Genocide of Deadly Processed Foods, a national health epidemic more pervasive than anyone imagined. Uh, give us a, um, a website, Joe, where people can, can find this book, learn more about it, learn more about you. Well, right before the break, Richard, you mentioned that folks need to do their own research, and that may be true in part specific to their area, but I do want to remind listeners that that is precisely what the Time Bomb book was written to accomplish. It is the field guide that you can take with you. Walk straight into a grocery store, flip to the part in Time Bomb where it talks about the label game, and reference it for how to read and interpret the label so that you know whether or not a product is safe or whether it's got a bunch of garbage in it that's going to harm you. It also has tips and techniques to finding the right health care path for you, uh, one that hopefully fits your budget and your lifestyle, as well as how to shop and, and, uh, and, and even some tips if you want to go all the way into creating a small space garden. It is the field guide that will arm folks with where to start and how to find the right path to finding clean groceries and the right kind of health care and the gut-brain connection. We deal with autoimmune disease. We deal with how to begin reversing the damage that's been done to the gut and how to domino these other things that you might be suffering with. Right. So, I just meant in the, terms of finding the name of a grocery store, but I just I do want to mention, sure, you're right, sure. Chapter 11 is yes. the label game. And here's something interesting. I just want to throw this out quickly. In 2008, Michael Pollan uh, wrote an article encouraging consumers to limit their purchases to food products that include no more than five ingredients and no ingredients with names that can't be pronounced. That's kind of a nice, simple rule for people to remember. That is an excellent rule, and it's one of the ones that I'm constantly telling folks. They say, hey, in three minutes, tell me where can I start. I tell them, if you go to a grocery store and you pick up a product, and when you flip that product over, it's got a really long label, and you can't pronounce the words, put it back on the shelf because it's a label game, and it is almost certainly filled with stuff that's not going to be good for you. And what that's going to do, Richard, is it's going to drive you to buying simpler ingredients that you're going to have to cook, things like black beans, brown Mm -hmm. rice, 
Is this making sense? Oh, yes. Simple ingredients that drive you back to an era where we don't have this convenient commodity lifestyle built around uh, garbage foods that then allow us to, 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 to pursue all the other things that we do with all the rest of our time. But getting back to an era of, of, of cooking for ourselves and putting some thought into what we put into our body. There's also a lot of information in Time Bomb uh, about how to do that. If people want to get a copy, they can get it. Anywhere fine books are sold, so you can go. It's it's at uh, Barnes and Nobles nationwide. Go to the NCAP. You can also go to Amazon.com and purchase it there. We have a bunch of free stuff we're throwing in with that book. If you want to get it at SkyWatchTVStore.com, SkyWatchTVStore.com, we've got that book with a companion DVD with over five hours of information on all the stuff we're talking about tonight, plus some other books that help uh, get you started on the right diet and so forth. So SkyWatch. TVstore.com, and that would be where if you'd want to learn more about me personally or other works that we've done, skywatchtvstore.com. Right. So here's the other challenge, and it's it's the lifestyle. People are so busy, and they, they want, they love stores where they can buy everything there all at once. So, and you're, you're right, we have to rethink, um, you know, the way that we cook. So many people today, it's almost become this badge of honor. I don't know how to cook. I never turn the oven on. Well, now, <laughs> now we need to start thinking about this in terms of, well, you better, you'd better darn well learn to cook and cook right because you're, I mean, especially if you have a family, you're saving lives here. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slow walking, adjusting our expectations for what we're going to use our time for. Richard, I'll give you one quick example. We now, almost everybody that drinks coffee does it through these little K cups every morning because they can slap the lid down and, you know, a minute later they've got a hot cup of coffee. We didn't even get into xenoestrogens tonight. Uh, very quickly, xenoestrogens are in almost everything plastic in this country. They're an artificial foreign version of estrogen that enter your body. Body and then overrule your body's own hormone production, and they do a lot of tinkering with your uh, hormone production. They're also linked to, to breast cancer, testicular cancer, uh, endometriosis, uh, ovarian cysts, migraines, infertility, and, and also man boobs. They're one of the biggest contributors to man breasts. Uh, you're getting this in plastic bottles. The pops that we drink, it's only the ingredients in part what comes in the, the soda pop. It's also the fact that the lining of the plastic bottle carries with it, xenoestrogens and ingredients like phthalates. These are also on our deodorants. They're in our shampoos. They're in hygiene products. Our bodies are getting exposures to these all the time. BPA, bisphenol A. These are ingredients that totally tinker with men's testosterone. This is one of the reasons why I believe today men have lower testosterone rates than our grandfathers did. We only have one-third of those that our grandfathers did. Amazing. And there's no, by the way, end in sight for that decline. So men are completely wired differently today as a result of the things we're eating and exposing our bodies to differently from our uh, grandfathers. And I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. I'm just telling you that, that... No, that's important. That's important. And it explains a lot. We, 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 have, uh, we have a lot of folks that are confused about what gender they believe that they identify with. Uh, and, and you could have said, okay, 30 years ago, I knew a, a fellow that also was. Uh, but the reality is the number of people uh, that believe they're confused, that's the point. Don't take my word for it. Just folks that aren't sure how to identify. That's the point. And then we ask ourselves, could it be? Possibly the fact that our hormone systems are under such attack via the things that we eat and drink. Could it be that some of the things people feel they're experiencing maybe aren't legitimate life 
worldview feelings as much as the fact they're unknowing that the bottled water they drink exclusively is goofing with their uh, uh, their progesterone or their hormone, so I'm, point. or their estrogen production, for that matter. So um, there's ways to avoid that. I drink out of glass bottles exclusively. I have a Berkey filter at home. We live on a well, and then I also Berkey filter it. You can get those with fluoride filters. Um, there's chlorine filters. Uh, these are things that most people just they just until you hear somebody talk about it, Richard, they're just totally unaware. So. I realize I'm talking at warp speed. You wanted to get into uh, dead pets don't lie. Yes. I just wanted to throw a few nuggets out there because you had kind of uh, teased that there'd be some hopeful steps. Uh, the one nugget that we did, uh, you know, avoid long ingredient lists. Um, th- that's a great tip and probably a great little nugget, great sound bite for radio. But the but the long version is in the time bomb book. All right, I want to be, we will get to dead pets, but I want to, I want to sure. go back to coffee because I mean, oh, yes. I, I have the, uh, you know, I use those cups and so forth. What do you do for coffee? The reason I brought that up is we, we, you were talking about lifestyle or maybe I was and then you followed it up with the comment about lifestyle. We have, have incremental, excuse me, incrementally adjusted our expectations about how we're going to live our lives. We're no longer uh, an agrarian society. Most of us don't farm. We don't get outside. We don't do very much. We live these sedentary lifestyles behind computers and inside buildings. And even if you're active, you don't get enough sunlight, which is, means you don't have enough vitamin D exposure through the skin and so forth. Um, they frightened so, us not to go outside, Joe. We're not to go I, outside. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. We we could go we could go totally into the into the conspiracy and talk about chemtrails if you want, but we'll do but that in another not. show. No, we'll do another time. show. D- different show, but but here's the point. You mentioned coffee and lifestyle. So, when I grew up, it was nothing to brew a, a pot of coffee. That was just what you did. And my grandfather marveled at how quick that was cuz he's hand grinding with a non-electrical hand grinder at the age of 90 these these coffee beans and then he's you know remember that 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 uh, they they'd call it hobo style coffee you yeah. would just boil the grits That's it. the coffee grits in the water and you drink it all, right? Right. So then they come up with these tricky coffee mates and man oh man look how simple you can put the the electrically ground beans into a machine like that and then it'll filter the water through and you get this clean cup of coffee that's insane that's so quick you can do it in 20 minutes. Well then my generation comes along well that's not fast enough we got a faster way to do this. They invent the K cup which is totally taken. I I got to be honest I was smitten by that a few years ago I thought this is a gimmick it's not going to be handy. I'm not going to like it. And and the first Christmas I had my my new K-Cup machine, who I will not mention brands and so forth, I, I had a, a full spread. I'd gone back to the store before my holiday was over and had a full spread of holiday flavors, cinnamon mm-hmm. this, eggnog that, minty this, all coffee, different brews, morning brew, evening brew, dark roast, Colombian roast. Um, and you could pop one in. And just hit the go button, and it was like, this is the funnest, coolest, easiest way ever. I had no idea, though, that 70% of the plastics that, that make up the, the plastics in this country, including uh, the things that are in our all of our environments, the mouses that we use for our computers, our steering wheels, our, our plastic bowls and plates that we run through the dishwasher, that all this stuff is riddled with bisphenol A, BPA, and ingredients like phthalates. That, that, that enter our body and then do like we talked about before. They're, a, they're an impostos, imposter xenoestrogen that tinker with and overrule very powerfully, I might add, uh, our hormone production. But what about these, uh, the these coffee K cups that they're coming up with now that are entirely biodegradable? There's no plastic. 
I've not caught up with any of that. Okay. I, I abandoned the whole notion. And my point was, let me make this succinctly because I feel like I've, I've gotten off track here. My original point was my grandfather, uh, he, he marveled at the, you know, the advances, 1980s and 90s, just a standard coffee pot that most of us used forever. Uh, but now that we've gotten used to, this is the point, used to a K-cup, the idea of actually brewing coffee feels like it's a pain, right? Right. Right. Oh my gosh, I don't want to spend that kind of time. Well, we've done that, Richard, incrementally with almost every aspect of our life. And the one thing that we've not left any room during the day for is prioritizing what we're actually going to fuel our bodies with. That's true. Most, That's true. most people just assume that some benevolent government agency like the FDA is going to regulate foods to make sure that they're safe. And there's this they. How many times have you heard people talk about this they? <laughs> we do that well, a lot on this show. <laughs> they would never, they would never allow this. They would never do that. They, they for some people might be the government. Maybe it's a big box chain store. Well that, uh, you know, not to name names, but that big blue chain store. Well they would never allow that because they wouldn't want to get sued if one ingredient gave somebody cancer or something. And I'm just here to tell you there's not enough time. It's a whole two other programs talking about where the FDA is, where where uh, label ingredients are and where they've failed, uh, and I can just tell you in a nutshell, it's a it's a combination of the fact that the that the FDA spends most of its time uh, regulating and and uh, spending its time convening for the approval of new pharmaceutical drugs. They do not have the manpower to check the crates upon crates upon crates uh, coming in from all over the world every day with everything from pharmaceutical drugs to pills to supplements to foods to toys to whatever. Uh, they just don't have they don't have the, the the willpower or the manpower or the funding. So there is no bottom line. In a nutshell, in 30 seconds or less, there is no benevolent arm of the government that 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 regulates to keep things safe. There there is, and I we I don't know how much of this you want to get into, man. I'm trying to make this as fast as I can because I don't. You're doing a great over. job. You're doing a great job. The bottom line is whether you believe that the FDA is doing this uh, to turn a blind eye to fail to regulate things, uh, or whether you believe it's some nefarious, Illuminati-controlled. I hear people talking about the shadow hand of the government working in tandem with different agencies as a nefarious plot to depopulate everything, so they're doing this on purpose. Whatever it is your worldview uh, finds comfort in, the bottom net result is the same. Right. Nobody's regulating this stuff for you in a way that actually insulates you from the disease that you're going to experience if you keep eating this garbage. Not whether or not, maybe for you it'll kick in at 50. Maybe for you it happens much earlier in life. But the reality is at some point, you cannot expose the human body to the chemicals and to the, to the, to the pesticides and to these ingredients, these carcinogens, these these disastrous cancer-causing ingredients without eventually experiencing side effects. And maybe you're one of the lucky ones that gets away with maybe an autoimmune disease. Maybe you're one of the unfortunate ones that ends up with something more nefarious. But the bottom line is there is hope. And if you're out there struggling, if you're out there dealing with autoimmune disease, if you're one of the ones with fibromyalgia, lupus, chronic migraines, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, inflamed bowel disease, right. Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, there is hope if you avoid these chemicals and you get yourself on a path of natural supplementation and a holistic lifestyle. Joe, thank you. We'll take a time out. Come back. We'll talk about dead pets. Don't lie. Joe Horn, right here on The Conspiracy Show. 
The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant. And we are back with Joe Horn discussing processed foods and how to eat clean. Now, there's a, uh, the other book that you wrote, Dead Pets Don't Lie. It's kind of time bomb, but for our furry friends. What do we need to know about the, uh, let's say, is it dog food primarily, or do you deal with cats as well? Or It's all of the above, but the two groups of people that seem to be the most astonished. In other words, if you had a farm animal and you learned later there was some nefarious ingredients going into farm feed, most of the kinds of folks that might learn of that may not have a big interest in it. The, the ones that spend a lot of money on what they believe to be boutique, first-class, world-class, top-of-the-food-chain feed for a cat or a dog, those are the families that I find uh, that are the most astonished when they learn what's actually in the food and at first find it hard to accept until I explain how this is done. Would it shock you if I told you that right now all across the United States in big box stores, I'm not talking about obscure little feed stores for the farmer with some unknown brand. I'm talking about major name, constantly on television, constantly promoted with commercials and so forth, promising that your breeds will breed better and that you'll win the blue ribbon if you feed them our feed and that the vet recommends our brand. This is scientifically formulated to meet with all of your pet's needs, that tons of that food is riddled with euthanized cats and dogs. Oh, and for the people Lord. that don't know what that means, euthanized cats and dogs are the ones from vet clinics, shelters, and elsewhere that have been put down for different reasons, overbreeding, irresponsible breeding, disease, tumors, cancers, aggression, whatever it is, put down with a drug called pentobarbital, which is the lethal injection that kills and destroys the animal, that survives what is called the rendering process. These animals are picked up through various means from the shelters and the vet clinics and often in the city, breed bands, confiscated dogs, all this kind of stuff. Various dogs end up in what is known, cats and dogs, by the way, end up in what's called a rendering plant where they are then essentially mulched into a fine what is called a protein powder and then sold to big-name commercial pet food companies. Wait a minute. I find that hard to believe because let's say, for example, you take your dog uh, to the vet and, and he's in pain, he's suffering, you have him put to sleep. Don't they, they usually cremate the dog right there. I mean, and you can ask for the the ashes. Some people don't, you know, they, they, they have them interred there at the someplace out back of the vet. So who's picking up these animals? I mean, is this even legal? It's completely legal. In fact, I'm glad you asked. So some families elect to keep the ashes. Some people are willing to pay for cremation results on the spot. Others are mortified, and they just simply don't ask where the animal goes after the fact. And there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands per month that end up like that. This also includes the roadkill. A food animal. What is a food animal? This is farmers that are that are growing animals for different reasons. Some of this is supposed to make it to human feed and various things, chicken nuggets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the animals become unfit. They're, they're, uh, a food animal is any uh, animal unfit for human consumption. So this could be chickens with tumors, cattle with growths, lesions, protrusions, oozing out, all kinds of malformities that we don't need to get into. But the point is animals that are already dying or maybe they've been discovered dead, um, people that work for the city, 
I've got I've got information here. You know, Keith Woods talks about he wrote an article called "The Dark Side of Recycle" for Earth Island Journal, um, where he talks about the raw product and what rendering plants are and people that that work for the city and they describe the stench. Richard Mayer, the division of manager of the Valley Collection Area for the Bureau of Sanitization of the City of Los Angeles, says, and he's describing his role in the city sanitization department where they go and they pick up animals from the road from uh, the ditch you know animals that have been hit by vehicles and also animals that are just found upon dead in neighborhoods but he goes to a rendering plant and he says this he says and i quote the volume is about 120 dead animals collected a day throughout the city this is in los angeles oh my he said once we collect a sufficient quantity of animals they're then taken to a rendering plant there's a contractor that we work with that will render the animals. Now we, when, when Donna Howell and I, the co-author of my book, wrote this book, we actually interviewed people that had both worked with city sanitization services all across the United States, also employees of former employees of different humane society top uh, operations where they, they were uh, involved personally with the euthanization of the animals and they where they went the, after the fact. Do they know at the so, Humane Society? We have to take a time out, but I want to, when we come back, I'll ask you whether the Humane Society people, if they know that this is happening, and, and is this happening in Canada? Uh, we'll be back. Joe Horn, uh, the author of Dead Pets Don't Lie, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the New World Order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zuma Radio. Joe Horn stays with us on The Conspiracy Show, and we are talking, this is a shocker, dead pets don't lie. So, euthanized animals, roadkill, animals found dead, uh, are taken to a rendering plant, and that those animals sick and dying animals that are put down and so forth, these end up in a rendering plant and this finds its way into cat food and dog food. I mean, do the people at the, um, for example, at the vet or the Humane Society, do they know that this is happening, that this is where the animals are going? With the Humane Society in particular, I don't want to make any claims in particular to any big agency like that because there are millions of wonderful people that work at those organizations that either have no knowledge of this that's happening, but there are plenty of them that do that know that this is happening at other Humane Society-esque facilities. Does that make sense? Yes, so when I right. when I use the term humane society, I'm using that more to incite something to a regular listener out there that will connect what kind of an organization might be up to this, but I'm not suggesting that the actual humane society organization is involved in this. Right. I want we're to be talking very clear about, about that. Yeah, animal but, shelters that you, we're using it and uh, humane society is a very yeah, generic. I should, have, I should yeah. have just said animal shelters, but right. here's the point. I'm trying to paint a picture with my OCD that would make sense to folks. But here's the point. If you're listening to this program and you're really grappling with this and you think, okay, he had me all through the time bomb stuff, but he's lost. I, that's it. I can't take no more. He's totally, totally off the deep end. I have something for you that will really help you understand how real this is. If you go, this is an excerpt, by the way, directly from the FDA's own website regarding their firsthand knowledge of euthanized pets ending up in pet foods. This is a quote from their website. Are you ready for this? Yes. On the subject of, of euthanized pets and whether pentobarbital uh, actually makes it into rendered uh, pet food. 
This is a quote from the FDA. It says, because in addition to producing anesthesia, pentobarbital is routinely used to euthanize animals. The most likely way it could get into dog food would be in rendered animal products. Rendered products come from a process that converts animal tissue to feed ingredients. Pentobarbital seems to be able to survive the rendering process. If animals are euthanized with pentobarbital and subsequently rendered, pentobarbital could be present in the rendered feed ingredients. They're not even pretending that they don't know that this is happening. That's my point. Mm. They, so, so how do they get away with it? They are banking, they meaning the, the big commercialized uh, pet food organizations and stuff like this, the big, the big pet food conglomerates are banking on your response being, I just, I just can't accept that. That is, that is over the moon. We, I mean, we are, we are, uh, we're living at the loony bin. I can't, there's no way that happens. No way that my trusted long time Highly recommended by the local pet, but there's no way that's happening. And I'm just telling you that it is happening. They, that's the old saying, right? The, the the big lie is protected by public incredulity. Yes. So that's it, the reaction that they're hoping. And by the way, in the rendered animals, they don't take time to sort these out. These often include, by the way, supermarket rejects. So like foods that went over the expiration date that we can't eat. I'm talking about old fish, old chicken. They're picked up by these rendering companies. Many of the big, big grocery outlets, where do you think all this food goes? They don't throw it in the dumpster. Where does it all, where does all that, with the thousands and thousands of pounds of expired meat, where does all that go? I'm talking about all this stuff. It, it is you know, literally soylent, it is literally soylent green when it comes to uh, what we're feeding our pets. And ID collars, plastic tags, flea collars. These are all still on the animals when they're going up the conveyor belt to get dumped into the mulcher. And by the way, when, when these expired supermarket reject meats go into the rendering process, they're not taken off the styrofoam tray. They're not, they're not separated out from the label. This is the plastic tray. This is the saran wrap that goes over the top. It's the old meat. It's the plastic. It's the labels. It's the ink on the, the, uh, the, the label that tells you what kind of meat it used to be. Um, so it, anyway, I could go on. I mentioned Keith Woods earlier. He wrote an article. Uh, the dark side of recycling for Earth Island Journal, and it goes on and on. It, it says, this is, this is just for those with the stomach to hear this. It says the rent, he's describing his experience visiting a rendering plant. His name's Keith Woods in his article, The Dark Side of Recycle, uh, The Dark Side of Recycling. He says, the rendering plant floor is piled high with quote, raw product, unquote. Thousands of dead dogs and cats, heads and hoofs from cattle, sheep, pigs and horses, whole skunks, rats, and raccoons all waiting to be processed. In the 90-degree heat, the piles of dead animals seem to have a life of their own as millions of maggots swarm over the carcasses. Uh, two bandana-masked men began operating bobcat mini-dozers loading the, quote, raw, unquote, into a 10-foot-deep stainless steel pit. And that is then, of course, rendered into uh, the protein powder that we're talking about. Protein now, powder. Now, and how do we identify... How do I identify that on a on a label? I mean, it's not. Is it going to say protein powder? No, it's not going to say Sparky. No, it's not going to say Rover is in there. No, no, no. Um, you know, so anytime you see, by the way, in the Dead Pets Don't Lie book, we talk about a major lawsuit, and I do name the uh, the company by name, 
I won't do that on your show for liability reasons. But in the book, there's a major company that we identified just just three years ago that was in a major lawsuit. Uh, one of the most expensive pet foods on the market. This is the second time they've been caught doing shenanigans like this, where they had a guaranteed protein analysis on the bag of like 33%, but an independent competing dog food company were suspicious that they were uh, being underhanded. So in an effort to damage them, and they successfully did so, they had an independent laboratory audit the ingredients and found that 17% of the protein uh, analysis was actually um, poultry byproduct, feathers, Stuff that the, stuff that the dogs can't even absorb or do anything with. But it, but it weighs a lot, so you put it in the, the feed, it makes the bag feel like you're getting something. Um, and, and their excuse, by the way, their response when this went to court, cause this ended up in court, was that their distributor had been dishonest with them mm. about the ingredients. Well, if you believe that, then it makes the company that's willing to charge you $80 a bag for dog food completely ignorant. If their excuse is, well, we just didn't know that what we were selling you wasn't really food because our distributor wasn't being honest with us. Right. What does that say about their quality control? Should you be paying $80 a bag for a company that doesn't have any quality control? Are there clues clues on the labels, though, Joe? Are there clues that we can look for? Yes, there is. So when you're reading a label, if you flip a a dog or a cat food over and you see ingredients like uh, meat or bone byproduct, meat, bone, Meal, meat and bone meal, meat, bone byproduct, poultry byproduct, beef byproduct. Anytime you see the byproduct, that now opens up this huge caveat where it can include and is not limited to all the things that we've been talking about. So long as some of it's beef or if they identify, some of them they don't even bother identifying a meat source. They just say poultry byproduct. It could be part of a dead quail or part of a chicken or you know, just something with feathers, and some of it is feathers, and the talons, and a bunch of stuff that has no nutritional value to the animal. But here's the other thing, Richard. Uh, so I can give you some basics. See, I never know how much time we have left. I we have about sure we, we have a good five minutes. We have a good five minutes here, Joe. Let me let me just throw this out then very quickly. I'll see if I can organize this into five minutes. Uh, my good friend, and I met her during the the, the Dead Pets Don't Lie uh, project. Her name is Dr. Jean Hovey. She's a holistic DVM. She actually contributed to the book, uh, endorsed the book. She's become, since that investigation where we met her actually through the investigation, she's become a dear friend of mine and we've kept in touch. Um, she told me when we were doing this investigation that the pentobarbital that's creating all of the kidney failure and all of the, the issues with liver uh, and, and cyst growth and tumor growth and all the things that, that happens when you're constantly intravenously dosed with lethal uh, materials like pentobarbital. Right. We're euthanizing our pets over a period of seven, eight, nine years. Yes. So the side effects to a depleted immune system are much like the human version of leaky gut syndrome. It's different, but the point is the immune system is being depleted, and so it allows for these other things that the immune system might have actually defeated, but it didn't because it was being drained over time. She told me that rendered animals and the pentobarbital might be the least of our worries, and then she helped us launch the second wave of the investigation. I want to give you one example. I, I mentioned tertiary butyl hydroquinone. Um, uh, this, this contains petroleum-derived butane. They're using this in human food and in pet food. Uh, linked to precancerous stomach tumors in labs, causes all kinds of damage to the DNA because the dogs and cats are trying to adapt to it to absorb it, uh, and we're, we're damaging the genetic, uh, the true genetic lineage of a lot of these breeds that are in trouble now, like the German Shepherd, the Chihuahua, and the Black Labrador. 
a lot of uh, uh, animal scientists are very concerned now about the uh, the lineage of some of the most long-standing American popular durable breeds uh, with with issues with teeth growth, uh, hip dysplasia. Uh, premature life, litters and litters are becoming more infertile or they're blind upon birth or they're dead six months after birth or they're stillbirth. This is all stuff that's going up and up and up and up and up. And I know I'm talking very quickly here, but just um, propylene glycol. Here's and there's a reason I'm bringing this up. These these are these are ingredients that are found in pet food. It's used in pet foods to stabilize moisture, inhibit bacterial growth, maintain texture, and it's used as a sweetener. It's largely considered one of the most dangerous preservatives in pet foods. It happens to be a well-known ingredient in antifreeze. Oh lord! It, it's known to cause illness in canines and stuff. Now it inhibits you know bacterial growth, but but it comes at a huge Price. Now, why did I mention TBHQ and propylene glycol? Getting back to uh, time bomb and the uh, the idea that the FDA is regulating or that some benevolent arm of the government is. These are. It's not that the. It's not that the FDA has failed to eliminate these ingredients, Richard. It's it's simpler than that. It's that the FDA recognizes these ingredients as safe. There's a label called GRASS. It's called Generally Recognized as Safe. And so this and a hundred other ingredients we don't have time to talk about tonight that are killing our pets, the FDA recognizes as safe. They say that the exposures are not great enough to cause any real health hazards, and you and I both know that scientifically with all the evidence that that's not real, uh, that's a very convenient position to take, but we are destroying our animals with it. Now, down to about what I'm guessing is two minutes. Let me give you a couple of tricks and techniques on the label so that if you're listening to this broadcast later and you wanted to know at least one thing you can do to avoid these, when you flip a bag over and you're looking at a pet food, check the label and make sure it does not contain anything called byproducts or an unidentified meat source. Make sure it specifies a meat type like chicken right. or beef and then doesn't say beef byproduct, chicken byproduct. You can also select a food that's not primarily made of things like corn and grains. Okay. Uh, when you find a company you feel good about, this is another thing I always do. There are resources online, um, like, uh, well, I won't give a specific website, but go, you can Google to see if these companies are associated with any recalls. You'll, you'll type in XYZ company and you'll see, you'll see right away if there's, uh, you know, a half dozen lawsuits and a half dozen recalls for things like E. coli, salmonella. Right. Another thing you can do to help a lot is go to a smaller, more boutique style pet shop. When you're, when you're, uh, shopping, I find that the, the smaller family owned, maybe you spend a little bit more, but not really when you're not going to the vet anymore. Uh, those kinds of people tend to know a lot more than the big box chain stores with the, uh, the younger, uh, less seasoned. We have about uh, a minute, Joe. Do you have a dog? Okay. I do. What do you feed him? Or her? Well, I, 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 I'll tell you what, Richard, this is an exclusive just for you, man. I will, I will do what I've never done before on air and I will, I will call out by brand at the time of this recording, knowing that in five years from now, maybe the company's no good anymore, but at the time of these tapes, uh, at the time of the taping, there are two brands that I do very much recommend. They're both out of Canada. I've never done this before. Akana and okay. Origin is spelled, uh, with a J, O-R-I-J-E-N. Those, if you're gonna buy a pre-made and I don't care if it's cans, I don't care if it's dry kibble, whatever. Uh, there's also a brand called Zignature. It's just like Signature with a Z. That's another very good one. Um, there's a whole bunch of kind of mid-card foods. But if I had to just pick one, those, and then on a super-duper-duper-duper duper, duper budget, uh, um, 
Nutrisource is a family-owned company that okay. I've been very impressed with over the Good years. Good stuff. Nutrisource. We got Nutrisource. We got to run, Joe. This has been phenomenal. We'll have you back on. Thank you so much for this, Joe Horn. Time bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, and dead pets don't lie. All right, back next week with a brand new program. Investigative journalist, lawyer Sarah Whalen on the assassination of Princess Diana. Don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. <laughs> 